Hello, and welcome to Now That's Scary. My name is Chris. I'm Darius. Kamsanida, Tonungavinuimida. That's cool. I too write down things. So we um we what? we're gonna be <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not that hard to memorize. <laughs> <laughs> memorize. Um. So this is. <laughs> this. I can say Watashi wa Darius des. Yeah. Ah. Oh, that's goodbye. So, um, for my birthday, that was yesterday, May 30th, um, we can pick whatever movie. So I picked what I can safely put in my top 10 of all time, and that is Parasite, which is, is this the first Korean film we've done? Yeah. Okay. We didn't, we haven't done Train to Busan. Not on this, Uh, no. We haven't recorded it. Mm, Okay, well. I love this film, 10 out of 10. I usually don't ever do that. Um, won a total of 308 awards, including four Oscars. It was the first Oscar winner of a foreign language film. And it also won the, um, whatever it is, the International Film Award for the Oscars. But yeah, it's uh, overall just great. What were your, some of y'all's opinions on it? Uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, really talked about the divisiveness of like class warfare and all that stuff. Um, how the rich, you know, not necessarily got there on their own merit, but even if they did, how they kind of looked down on people who were struggling uh, in lower society. So it was a it was a real, real eye opener for some people. I loved it. Um, I enjoyed it. It's near perfect. Um, I think my favorite thing about it is that um, there's no real point in time where you can accurately guess what's going to happen or the outcome of things. Even at the end, they kind of, uh, they they give you, even though the ending was like generally like good, they still give you this kind of sense of like, oh, well, that sucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So It did end with a happy ending though. Well, kind of. Yeah. yeah, you think it's going to be happy, and then it turns out it's a dream. Spoiler. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't... And and there's no, like... I wouldn't even say there's... to say spoiler before you spoil it. <laughs> this came out... This, By the way, uh, Luke is Darth Vader's son. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, after... Um, so they have the Park family, who's rich, and you have the Kim family, who's poor. Um, the father in the Park family gets stabbed to death. Spoiler. Um, so, God damn it. Y'all want to guess what the budget was for this? Uh, 60 billion yen, or whatever their currency they're, is. Won. What's their currency? Won. It's one. Yeah. One. Which is yeah. like outrageous comparatively, I'd, the number-wise. I'd say, I'd say like 120 million. You know. I'll say 150. 11.4 million. Dang. Oh, wow. US, yeah. And it's uh, amazing. <laughs> so, like, a 2% of that trash can was the trash can budget? Yeah. By the way, Gavino, <laughs> I told this to Darius earlier that there's a trash can the Rich family, the Park family, use. And the reason the director used this trash can is because it didn't make any noise. But it sold for $2,500. So, wow. imagine buying that. <laughs> Um, the director Bong Joon Ho has was quoted as saying, "Who like what kind of idiot would pay for this when it's going to stink anyway?" Um, so he was really nervous dealing with it just because of the price of that. It's outrageous. 
Um, so the opening, U.S., 393,216. But it started getting more uh, press, and there was more word that, oh, this is really great. So it, grossed, it wound up grossing $53.3 million with a worldwide gross of $263 million. So it more than made up yeah. for the budget. Totally. Uh, let's see. Little fun fact. Do you know when, uh, since he was also the director, Bong Joon-ho was the director of The Host, which, I've, Darius, did you see that? I know Gavino and I did. Yeah. You did? That was like the serial killer one, right? Uh, the Host was this like parasitic like creature. Oh, no. This was like a, No, I don't think I saw that. Gavino, I know you and I watched it, didn't we? Um, I know I've seen it. I didn't know if I watched it with you or not. Um, so when he was doing, when he first came over here... Bong Joon-ho, he was, he had never gotten an American name that they will sometimes use when they come over here to do press or what have you. But he was told by one of the uh, producers that, well, bong in America actually means like something you'd smoke pot out of. So they wound up giving him a bong as a gift. Really? Which, um, wow. In South Korea, so that's not, uh, yeah. I mean, we have some laws here in America against pot but we're loosening up a lot comparatively south korea doesn't screw mm. around with that kind of stuff so i imagine he probably used it for like a vase or something <laughs> i believe he also directed snowpiercer which a lot of people wow yeah, really well yeah he's it's amazing. he's done okay so the movie i was talking about was called memories of murder memories of murder he di- yeah yeah, that's like a really great movie. He directed it in 03. It's about a serial killer in the 80s that stalks on younger women. And then it points out how the South Korean police are kind of really terrible at their jobs and just like ruin people's lives. Yeah, Memories of Murder is a great one too. That's on Hulu, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Both show is amazing as well. You guys need to yes. see that. Is it? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Nice. It's on Netflix. Yeah, Memory. Memories of Murder got 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's, that's also really that's good. That's all right. Idea. 95%. Yeah. It's all um, right. By the way, Parasite's also on Hulu. It's free if you have an account. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they also won the Academy Award for Best Writers, and that was Bong Joon-ho and Han Jin-won, who was the assistant director of Bong Joon's for Okja. So I guess at some point in time, you just said, hey, you know, here's an idea. I think it wound up working out for the best. But um, yeah. this was actually originally supposed to be a play, which I found kind of interesting. I don't know how, like, they would have, they certainly wouldn't have been able to show what they did, but I'm guessing they'd have, like, two separate levels at some point. Hmm. I don't know. Gavino, did you want to talk about their marijuana laws? I know you know some stuff about some K pop singers. Um,. I mean, it's really, like, highly frowned upon. They see marijuana as, like, just drug use in general. Right. Um, A lot of K-pop artists have been involved in, like, scandals with it. One of my absolute favorites, um, Top from Big Bang, actually, like, just straight up left the music scene and all that because it was just too stressful for him. And when he had admitted that he smoked marijuana once in a while people like just went in they like they were like hell no you're a drug addict canceled 
that didn't last long because he's just a very lovable person and super talented but mm-hmm. yeah they it's it's not a i mean i'm sure it's probably becoming more um accepted nowadays but that's mainly because the youth are just they're not having it anymore at least from the conversations that i've had with people in south korea like a lot of them don't agree with how the older generations handle things like that so yeah it it does seem like they have the same sort of thing we have here where over time our country's laws are becoming more open-minded to ideas and i mean for being honest because old people are dying so (laughs) yeah the new generation can take over and kind of fix stuff yeah and then we'll screw it up but that's how it goes yeah but hopefully we'll have done more good than harm yeah i guess i don't know maybe maybe south korea is onto something because when people do those like marijuana pills and stuff like they i don't know they immediately start doing heroin in like an hour yeah it's a gateway drug. yeah Mm -hmm. well they they were the first country though to um legalize the use of medical marijuana Hmm. like in east asia so wow nice that's pretty sweet they're they're very i don't know how to explain it like they're really quick to just change things that would take us like 10 years oh yeah absolutely oh totally that's the same with japan as well oh yeah nothing is going to change quickly here that's why people are constantly fighting yeah japan is the same way it's very tough on cannabis are they yeah there's not really they're trying to pass a reform reformation law on marijuana but you know it's just you're you're seen as like scum of society if you do that and stuff still there Mm -hmm. well i kind of get it i mean (laughs) you know with your marijuana pills and all that but um going back to the film what were some of y'all's favorite parts of it or aspects of it um I was really interested in the rock that the son was talking about. He kept calling it metaphorical, metaphorical. I knew it was gonna, it was he was gonna do something with it. So he was gonna go, you know. He used it to try to kill that that husband downstairs. He slipped, and then the husband like tried to kill him with it. But then at the end of the film, he kind of put it in the water. I guess it was a, you know, a metaphor for. I don't know. It just seemed like it was something, some kind of war that they were struggling against, you know, because how poor they were. And then at the end, they finally kind of got over it. And uh, so he put it back in the water to make it tranquil again. I, I really like the aspect of the rock. You know, I actually wrote something down about that. Um, uh, that is actually called a scholar stone. And the director, Bong Joon, uh, his father collected these stones. Um, that date back thousands of years and they were popularized during the I'm going to try to get this right Joseon dynasty J-O-S-E-U-N oh Joseon yeah Joseon um, and these were 1390 Jesus Jesus oh sorry Jesus dynasty uh, from 1392 to 1897 uh, and they were commonly displayed on the writing tables of Confucian scholars. So that's why they're called scholar rocks. Huh. So. Okay. Finally, one of my kind fun of re- facts yeah. worked out. Yeah, I like that. And That was uh, a fun fact. Are you, who else is so not fun? having fun? 
I'm having You're so evil. much fun right With now. With that fact, <laughs> how could you <laughs> not? I'm having fun. Yeah, well, the whole aspect of the, the poor have to do what they can to survive. They have to infiltrate the rich society in any way they can. Um, and then the, you know, annoying things that go along with it. Like, I also enjoyed the aspect of, like, oh, the father smells, you know, when he was under the mm-hmm. table. And the family were like, oh, yeah, his dad was like, and the mom were like, yeah, he smells really bad. And it's because of where he lives. He can't do anything about it because the place floods every time it rains. And I liked that it kind of blew up at the end. You know, his sis, his daughter was stabbed. He was holding blood. And then the guy just held up a nose, you know, to held up his fingers to his nose. And he just lost it. Yeah. He's like, yo, you want me to help your stupid son that just fainted? My daughter is like, just got stabbed and she's dying. And then you're going to like say, I smell like, fuck you. I really liked that too. It's a lot of the things that they, little like blueprints that they put or pieces that they scattered about in the film really, really, all of them really came uh, to a head really well at the end of the film. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was a very unique but solid piece of uh, film. Kavino, what were some of your favorites? Um, I liked when uh, when they had the whole confrontation with that couple, especially when um, I'm not like a huge fan of slapstick stuff, but there was like a little sense of that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, with the camera or something or what? No, just like how they were being violent with each other oh, yeah. and just beating the hell out of each other. I loved when uh, just how quick it was and how abrupt everything was where you don't like you don't get a sense of what exactly is about to happen to somebody it just happens right there and you're just like oh totally everything just kind of catches you off guard even though you have a sense of what's going on um yeah especially love the part where the lady was coming up the stairs and the mom just kicks her down <laughs> like just acts happened. like nothing just hands the ramen yeah she <laughs> smashes her head everything i did like that very fast very like precise i just wonder like like what it was like having to film something like that because it looked like it was really really like tightly choreographed Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. how everything kind of rolled into each other and unfolded yeah yeah i read that they they took a total of 77 days to shoot um wow that's that's not too bad movie two and a half months yeah I think it helps that they didn't have a lot of locations. Yeah, that that house actually, yeah. the park's house, was a set just designed from scratch, which I thought was very oh, impressive. Cool. Yeah, yeah, the house is beautiful. Yeah, it is. Good job, definitely. I really liked like the first half of the movie felt kind of like a heist movie where it's like I thought they were gonna because remember at one point where the mom was calling the agency to hire the you know the the wife or the woman to be a housekeeper and she was like all right i need this information i need the your property deed picture i need this and the mom was just like oh yeah cool it's just like that's so funny like rich people just want to get things done yeah. they don't care they'll mm-hmm. just like give away so much information so the first half felt like oh like how are they going to screw this family over and take their house and squat in there like that's what i thought was going to happen and then the old housekeeper showed up and went down to the cellar and i was like wait what what is this movie? What is happening now? And it just it just kind of turned from there. It was so interesting, and it was a seamless turn too. I thought it was it was it's hard to make that work 
in a regular film. Like, if you do that, most people will be like, ah, this is bullshit. But they made it work. Yeah. They're, um, the aspect that they both the writers put into this was that, like, on a surface level, you, it, you can obviously see that the Kim family are being parasites. But the Park family are, too, because they are constantly needing people, but they will sometimes act like they don't, but they need people to do things for them. Exactly. So it's like, or like those leeches attaching onto the shark or whatever, yeah. just sucking the blood of the, of the poor. Which is, it's, which I like about this, how there's no real hero and it's kind of, I mean, it is like real life. It's not like everyone has a positive and everyone has like negatives, you know? Yeah. We're all just struggling to survive in certain aspects some people have it better than others, but it's still kind of the same vein. Mm-hmm. I was also going to mention that um, Bong Joon is a big fan of Alfred Hitchcock, and apparently, I don't know which scene it is, but there's a brief moment where you can see an Alfred Hitchcock collection in the park's home. <laughs> and um, that was also a fascination of his with using like the verticals, the vertical stairs when the maid fell down. Because... Um, Huh. Alfred Hitchcock was very good yeah, at doing that as well. He kind of does that in Memories of Murder too, mm-hmm. because it's like a kind of a detective movie. So he he kind of, but he kind of makes it like open ended, kind of like who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, and it's very Hitchcockian in that sense too, where it's kind of you know it's horror but not really mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, definitely. More thriller. Definitely go, don't go in watching Memories of Murder thinking you're gonna see like a high action like film. It's very, no, it's yeah. very slow burn. It's a gumshoe. Yeah, it's a gumshoe detective, kind of like who's the real killer and stuff. Yeah. So. What's gumshoe? What's when you yeah. put? It's gum when you shoe. put gum, you like, gum on your shoe. It's like a pi, like a pi movie. You know, like a detective gumshoe, that kind of thing. You never heard gumshoe? No. Yeah, they call it gumshoe. Are you fascinated, Kavina? You sound interested. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Let's get back. Sorry. I always like, go back because he's the same director. So, and I really love those types of movies. So, yeah. Well, something uh, I know you'll like, Darius. Um, the director actually wrote the um, part of the song of A Glass of Soju. Um, that was for the song that was heard at the end credits. Oh, so, it was so good. Yeah, he wrote some of that. Who bonged it? Yep. Oh, wow. yeah. He's a big part oh, of. He's always not just composer. Yeah, he's always not. The thing I like about him is he's never just one part of anything. He's never True. just the director. He's never just the writer. He likes to be like all hands on deck, which nice. is a lot of the times what you're going to see with some of the best films that were made. I mean, Stanley Kubrick was the same way, and. Y'all know how I feel about him. God. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really have anything negative to say about this one. Uh, There's nothing, this one's not going to be that funny because there's nothing negative to say or talk about, for me at least. Yeah, it was just just an amazing film. I mean, we can just SSD all day. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend to anyone listening to this, like, just watch as much Korean stuff as you can because they do, especially if you like the slow burn aspect. Because they do a lot of this. Um, a lot of the popular American films, it's a lot of in-your-face at every single moment. And it's not that way at all with a lot of South Korean stuff. So mm-hmm. if you like the slow burn, absolutely 
get on Netflix, get on Hulu. Call somebody if they have anything. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, amazing film. I've, I've been dying to watch this with, with somebody, so I'm glad we did it for the podcast. My other buddy was like, dude, you have to watch Parasite. It's amazing, and it really didn't disappoint. It's it's over two hours, but it, it's like constant exposition. There's like no fat anywhere. Yeah, doesn't feel like two hours and like you're so invested in the family trying to get ahead and and then seeing how the rich people kind of look down on other are stupid into being swindled you know um it's great it's an absolute great great take on uh class division and stuff like that how it's still alive and well Mm -hmm. and it's a good it's a good looking on korean the korean aspect of that yeah you know yeah, it certainly it's good is. To see a perspective, an outside foreign perspective on the things that we struggle with today. Oh yeah, I mean because there's absolutely levels of this that are in our society too. I mean there's plenty of rich people that don't oh, yeah, do yeah. any of their own work, basically. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's why I think that's why this movie gained so much traction in America because there's so many downtrodden kind of people that talk shit about the rich all the time so they can really relate to it even though it's a different culture different country different everything and that's the beautiful part about parasite yeah it's ubiquitous it's ubiquitous in our society today all over the world mm-hmm Givino, anything it's good <laughs> <laughs> all right Show well i got nothing good. else unless y'all have anything else no 10 out of 10 would recommend please watch this movie yep. if you haven't already and watch it again if you if it's been a while you know. yeah I will second what Daria said it's good alright <laughs> let's get you to bed alright well I am Chris <laughs> I'm Darius annyeong bitch oh. <laughs> oh, I love their language <laughs> Bye.